Hello, and welcome to today's VJ Hemong podcast. We are a global, open access video journal bringing you the latest in hematological oncology. In this podcast, you will gain an insight into the most exciting updates in sickle cell disease presented at the 2023 ASH annual meeting. Tune in as experts Rabbi Hanna and Joseph De La Fuente discuss several fascinating topics, including novel agents being explored, updates from ongoing clinical trials, and the growing role of gene therapy in this space. Hi, uh, my name is Rabbi Hanna. I am the chair of the Department of Pediatric Hematology, Oncology, Ethical and Clinic Children's, and I am so happy to be here today at ASH 2023 with my dear colleagues, Dr. Jesu De La Fante, the Professor of Practice at the Imperial College of Medicine in UK. Welcome to sunny San Diego. Yes, it's been a wonderful meeting, hasn't it? It has been great. So we're going to focus on sickle cell disease. Um, and I just wonder, what have you seen that is new in relation to the natural history of the condition? During this ASH 2023, there was really important uh, description of the natural history over the last four decades by the University of Cincinnati and Dr. Christine Kar- uh, Karnoska, where she has described the improvement that has happened decades over decade uh, of, in the patient with sickle cell disease, but importantly highlighted how much we still have to do. So for example, between 20 to 20, 2009, the median life on the expectancy was around 39. And between 2010 to 2019, now the median life is 2019, uh, it is 43 years of life, 44 for female, 41 for males. But she showed still significant increase in the mortality as we transition from pediatrics age 14 to 19 to 20 to 24, with now crude mortality in that age, it is 1.4 per 100,000 of African-American. So we really have to do better in terms of access to healthcare, to adult hematologists. But again, I don't want to take away that the data shows continuous improvement probably due to uh, some disease-modifying agents. So what did we learn in ASH about any novel things in the pathophysiology of sickle cell disease and how could that relate to therapies? Very interestingly, ineffective erythropoiesis, which we thought it was the hallmark of thalassemia only, appears to have a significant contributory factor in sickle cell disease. And so Dr. Goda from Marseille was able to demonstrate the concept of eruptopsis, where ion uh, uptake and accumulation in macrophages leads to increased ROS, lipid peroxidation, and apoptosis, leading to ineffective uh, red cell production. The hope is that the novel uh, second-generation hemoglobin S polymerization inhibitors can actually address this. And Dr. Hernandez of Emory was able to show in animal models in the town's uh, mice, how this agent is able to reduce hypoxia, endothelial damage, and reversal of the abnormal vascularization. More relevant uh, for the patients who are expecting new agents to come to the clinic, what has been shown in us that um, will be coming to the treatment of patients uh, soon? Yeah. AGIUS uh, really has shown uh, now the data from uh, their phase two studies of a study called RISE UP that it showed that this pyruvate kinase activators 
has in 79 patients that with sickle cell disease continued to show improvement in both uh, the 50 milligram twice a day and the 100 milligram twice a day. And it showed that improvement in the level of the hemoglobin, so more than 50% of the patient has more than 1.1 gram per deciliter increase. But also in some of the markers of the health of red blood cells, it continued to show improvement in uh, the oxidative stress. But what it is clinically relevant, it was really the decrease in the hospitalization, which make us really excited and looking forward to see the result of their phase three study. But if I can uh, take a little bit from what we call it as a group disease modifying agent to some more exciting news during this ASH uh, about cellular and gene therapy advances. What can you tell us uh, an update during this ASH 2023? So many patients, of course, are looking for a long-term permanent cure. And in the uh, late breaking abstracts, um, the uh, Dr. Kasim, Adetola Kasim from uh, Nashville, uh, from Vanderbilt University, is presenting the 1507 uh, trial where haplontical transplantation um, has been applied in a study uh, fashion uh, to adults with sickle cell disease with excellent um, outcomes. However, um, as you are alluding to, the big news uh, that occurs uh, during us was the FDA approval of two gene therapy agents, which removed the need of having a donor and um, uh, makes, in a way, uh, the transplant process a lot easier for the patient because there are no alloreactive complications. So we had uh, Dr. Frangul uh, presenting the pivotal uh, interim analysis data uh, from the CLIMB one-to-one study in which 42 patients with sickle cell disease from the age of 12 to 35 um, were um, enrolled, had um, um, stem cell collections which were then edited uh, so that the PCL11A uh, action was inhibited. And this led to a 95% reduction in vasoclusive events with a 100% elimination of the hospitalizations for these patients due to vasoclusive crisis. Now this um, um, has been backed up by quality of uh, life data presented by Dr. Axel Sama from St. Jude's um, in which across a variety of markers uh, there have been not just biological improvement, reduction in crisis, but actually um, a significant difference to the uh, life of these patients. And uh, importantly, Dr. Julie Kanter um, has been able to uh, present uh, more mature data of patient reports uh, outcomes in relation to Levocell, the gene uh, addition product, in which the patients themselves were able to identify um, a reduction not just in pain, but in pain interference and fatigue that made a significant difference to the lives. But these are not the only approaches, um, although they are the initial approaches that have been uh, uh, approved by the regulators. Um, what other uh, gene uh, editing uh, work have you seen at us? Uh, I'm excited to present uh, on the behalf of many of my collaborators who uh, edit uh, 301, uh, Ruby study, and also the edit uh, Thal study. 
uh, it's another gene editing uh, technique using a CRISPR and a novel endonuclease caspase 12. So the data we are presenting, uh, it is for 11 patients with sickle cell disease and six patients with thalassemia. And the preliminary study showed that this is similar safety profile to the myeloablative regimen using with other clinical trial. And uh, excitingly for many of these patients that they are gonna look for other options too, that it's showing promising preliminary result in terms of the efficacy. So this 11 patient, and I want to emphasize it's still a preliminary, with some of the patients that are now 15 months, but the data show in all of this 11 patients, zero pain crisis so far after the infusion of this novel autologous uh, Renisol. And for the thalassemia patient, we are also in the six patients. Five of them are available right now because they are beyond the one month. We are seeing transfusion independent. So I think this is exciting. There is what I consider more, it is the involvement of many clinical researchers, many pharmaceutical companies to try to find better therapies for this patient with sickle cell disease that for many decades we didn't pay attention to them. So that's really the most exciting thing for me, uh, Dr. Delafante. And Dr. Hanna, looking to the future, what have you seen that is likely to be a paradigmic shift in the management of these patients? Uh, I, I think it was very, uh, I learned a lot during the ASH, but one of the plenary sessions that talks about uh, uh, the transcription factor for fetal hemoglobin and how for many decades we thought this is not being able to be targeted. And there was data presented by Dr. Pamela Ting that it shows that the WIS it is potentially targeted in this preclinical data, which shows significant increase in the fetal hemoglobin. So this could be an additional hope and agent that we could uh, achieve high level of fetal hemoglobin, similar to what we see in the persistent fetal hemoglobin that could make the phenotype much more milder for this patient and enable them to pursue all their potential in life. So all in all, an excellent us. Um, I think it's very encouraging to see that red cell disorders in general are very well represented, but that sickle cell disease in particular is now a mainstay of the uh, meeting, and we really look forward to further advances in the coming years. I 100% agree with you. This was exciting, Ash, 2023, and looking forward to next year with more advances in the field of non-malignant hematology. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. We hope you enjoyed. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at VJ Hemonk and subscribe to VJ Hemonk Podcasts on Spotify, Apple and Podbean. Until next time.